This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. Gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your Daily Center host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Josh, you ready for some football? I doesn't. I hate. I feel like it's it's been forever since we've had a Ravens game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does, and and especially like a meaningful Ravens game, right? It's been a long well, time since we've seen Lamar Jackson back there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it really it's been what three weeks? Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah I guess no football game people. last week. A pointless yeah. game the week before. Yeah, and so three. Yeah, that's It'll a little be, crazy. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah. I'm, I'm I'm excited about it though. I'm I'm pumped. It's it was. I just really enjoyed the the football games last week. The wild right. card week was just a lot of really good football games, and so it made me you know pumped for that but even more pumped uh to watch the ravens so that should be good stuff yeah i totally agree i'm uh really looking forward to it i think we're streaming on the internet now we haven't done this since probably june may june yeah no before that i think i think when my house went up for sale we had to pack up all the cameras yeah so certainly not since uh may not since you moved yeah yeah definitely not well you know i've kind of hesitated doing the streaming because I don't, I, I mean, you can see each time we do this, but the normal people I don't think have understood that I literally am now in a closet every week recording. Mm. So yeah, you can kind well, of see, right. you can right. see the shelves above me, but I've seen I've seen video of the Glenn Clark show, and that's not much more of a closet either. So you know, that's a good point. I I put that studio together, and Glenn Clark's studio is not much bigger than this coat closet than this uh master closet i'm in so we're in a small house so we turned the master closet into a office for my wife and i so it's awkward once in a while that we both want to use the computer or something and we share a desk with both our computers but it it works for now and then but Yeah. yeah i was uh playing with the software and i said hey you know what it'd be cool to try out streaming again once it's been a while and we got stuff to talk about. Yeah. 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 And it seems like it was no problem for you. You just had to put it on Mimo and then Skype me and then link it together. And then something about Twitch was involved. You know what? So it seems like it was no problem. I so think, good. I think it's, it's all, I think it's all working. Yeah. Don't, there's I, a good, good, a good chance. No one is seeing this or hearing this, yeah. but okay. I'm sure it's working. Hey, but I'm recording in like four different places. Cause I always record our podcast in three different spaces because yeah. We've had the instance where we've sat there and recorded and had a great argument for an hour and a half, and then yeah. we check and it didn't record. Yeah, and so, then what was the point? Was right, the, exactly. Then it was just any, like any other day. I know. Anytime I have any conversation that's not recorded, I think to myself, what was the point of that conversation if it wasn't recorded? Yeah, you know, my old boss, whenever he would go into a meeting, would record everything on his phone. Mm. And he would try to do it like so the client doesn't know or whatever. 
Oh, that's illegal, actually. Uh, probably but, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't work there anymore. Uh, I don't care that guy much. Uh, so anyway, I always thought it was weird. Like, are you going to really go back and listen to these recordings? And he would tell me, like, when I go to meetings, to record it for him and send it to him. And I conveniently most always forgot to press record for those meetings. Because that's awkward. Yeah. I'm not going to record a meeting and then send it. There were times in college, even recently, where, like, I wanted to hear a professor give a certain lecture. And so I recorded the lecture. But even that, which was kind of academic and purposeful, right. and, I, and it wasn't done in secret either. But even that, like, I've never once gone back and actually listened to the recording. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be incredibly boring. Hey, uh, Dave Westwood says, we're not John Cena. I can see you. That's a, okay. rest, that's a, that's a, I that's, guess that's I, this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that I, the Cena I, thing. I kind of know that I, reference. I haven't seen a wrestling match since Goldberg. Yeah. So I'm a little out, out, out of date, but I know, uh, I know so he does he like commercials or something. Reference, right. The next reference I would get. Yeah. But that's but, good. It looks like we're working. He did not say if he can hear us, but I'm assuming he can. Yeah, I'm sure there's another wrestling reference. Right. Um, who's that? Is it was a Hollywood uh, Hulk Hogan who would do the the little ear? See, I did that just. Oh for yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Well, all right. Maybe we should have. This is not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> it's not. Glenn does a wrestling podcast. You can go into his closet and if listen into, to that. Yeah, if you're into wrestling. Hey, uh, I do have a question, and this may embarrass me, but I got a question about one of our listeners. One of uh, our listeners commented I, on our page, and I'm hoping that you can answer this. Yeah. All right. The listener is a great guy. I see him like our stuff all the time on Facebook. Kevin, okay. Kevin Rosenbaum. You yes, know this Jeff, guy? You know him, too. Yeah. This is embarrassing for you. All right. Here's the embarrassing part. I just realized this morning that I know him in real life. Yes, you do. I do, too. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Just making sure. So, yeah. Okay. I figured I'd go ahead and ask you on the podcast because I'll probably never see him again now that I'm in Florida in okay. real life. I'll but still if, see him all the time. But if you didn't know who he was, it would be embarrassing on you. Okay, but, but CJ, it's not because when I meet someone, like <laughs> I remember that. Oh, I well, okay. And when I interact with them a lot, which we do with that guy, I remember him. Yeah. Shout out, Kevin. Uh, and I'm pumped for, for softball this year. Yeah, so, so Kevin is the softball coach of the team we've played on for the past few years. Yeah. I didn't know anyone from the softball team listened or knew we did a podcast yeah. so here's what happened to me this morning is i got a, we got a comment on facebook asking if we would talk about this jose Iglesias today yeah. from kevin and i said oh, i just responded and said yeah, yeah. we'll get to the it tonight softball coach kevin yeah yeah I, anyway no then i close facebook and i get a new email and it's from the same person and, Ke and kevin emailed us about softball yeah yeah and that's how i put two and two together and i was like oh I've noticed this guy as a listener. I didn't know I knew him in real life. Oh. Aren't you? So. Uh, I, I think we might even be Facebook friends. Are you Facebook friends with him? Yeah, yes, I am. Are you even I, Facebook friends with the guy? I'm Facebook, friends, right. I'm Facebook friends with a lot of uh, listeners that I've never met before. Okay. And uh, Ryan Leach says uh, they can hear us, and Dave says that Goldberg wrestled last year, so you can hop back on. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's intriguing to me, all right? Well, it was last year, so you'll still be behind, but... Yeah. So I still never got over when the NWO turned on him. See, that <laughs> might even be a wrong reference. I don't even know anymore. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, Josh, you embarrassed right. yourself. You played yourself. I, uh, because, no, I, I knew I was playing myself. I was hoping I was playing you. No, no, I don't get played. I, no. I, I know. I like Kevin. I just didn't realize that Kevin was the same Kevin. No, he's the same Kevin. So it, it threw me off. I don't know if I uh, ever knew people's last names. I believe um, flights are cheap and short. I, you can't. You can come back every Sunday for it. You don't work on Sundays, do you? You uh, can come back to a softball game. You know what? I mean, I I'd work once in a while at the church, once or once a month or something like that. But yeah, uh, you know what? I could if Spirit had reasonable flight times. Spirit only does one flight a day, and on Sundays it's in the mornings. So I could fly home. Like if they would do a night and an evening, I could fly home in the morning, fly home at night. Sure, but they yeah. only do one flight a day. So I could only right, get so there one way. So that's the only thing preventing you from doing that. Yeah. I mean, now, if, if Kevin wants to throw some money my way because uh, he really needs me to come in and pitch one weekend, then uh, I'm sure he could spend I'll, – I'll cover the Spirit flight back, and he covers the Southwest flight back to Florida. Okay. 
We, so. I, I don't know. We, we've played with six players before. I think we'll get, get along with that. I know. I haven't found a softball team down here yet. I got to find one. Oh, man, you can play softball year-round down there. I know. Well, technically, I think you can in Maryland, too. There is a fall ball. Well, you can't well, right now. You got snow part. today, right? Was there snow? Yeah. I mean, I got rain in the eastern shore, but okay. I think Baltimore got snow, some snow. I heard the we Ravens got... practiced in the snow. Yeah, good for them. You want to start Ravens or Orioles? Uh, let's, let's do Ravens because I right. put some show notes on the screen, and it says Raven Divisional Playoffs is the first thing we'll talk about. I can't see the show notes. I know. <laughs> that, that means good luck following them. Yeah. I put it. You know, I, I predicted on Twitter I, I got all the games right in the wildcard round. Uh, good for you. Impressive. I think even I did, the too. Vikings game. No one's got the Vikings. I got, even got the Vikings. Okay. I get out you, and the, you were a Vikings guy. I'm, I'm totally on board with Kirk Cousins. Um, so, and, and the Titans were the team I wanted to face. And I know some people kind of push back a little bit saying, you know, they're the hottest team in football. I Fine. But their quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. And I'll and, sign up for that all day. Right. And their quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of fear, though, about um, this, this running back, Derrick Henry, who is – he is he is a beast, right? Henry's a beast. Yep. I think he led the league in rushing. Uh, I think he might have led the league in touchdowns. He put up, you know, put up a couple couple hundred over there against uh, against the Patriots. So, like, that's a legit concern. We've had issues stopping the run. But I just I'm trying like really hard to envision scenarios that make me concerned, and I just I can't even do it. Like I can't even convince myself that Derrick Henry could run for 200 yards and we could lose, you know, 17, 13. I can't uh, even. I can't know, do it. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I totally think like, in order for the Ravens to lose this game, it's got to be that like they just completely crap the bed, to use a Burt term. Yeah. Uh that's the only way possible. I am nervous that I bet a bunch of money in my bookie on a nine-point spread. Yeah, I don't know about nine points. Because that nine points, I did it, and then I'm like, wait, that nine points really scares me. Because that's two scores, yeah. Exactly, so, exactly. So you could be up. So they could be up, right, by 17 or something, right. and they get some bogus last, you know, exactly. score. Some stupid that's thing. Says, yeah, those lines must be. So, but but, uh, but here's, the, here's the problem with Derrick Henry, the, the Derrick Henry – um, believers, right? The people were so concerned with Derrick Henry. The the reason he was so successful with the Patriots is because the Patriots a are not a great football team, and are and, and don't have a great offense, right? They're, they're a low scoring offense, or they were this year, right? The, the the Patriots for Derrick Henry to get 200 yards, it needs to be a low scoring game that's close the whole time. What right. are you going to do? And this will happen, right? The end of the first quarter, the Ravens are going to be up by by seven points, maybe ten points. By the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Then what are you going to do? Then at some point you have to throw. It turns into, Josh, you and I play Madden sometimes. And usually our games are close. But every now and then one of us takes like a 14-point lead. Yeah. And the other person becomes totally one-dimensional. And then next thing you know, you throw a couple interceptions and the game's over. Right. That's, this is going to be a problem with the Titans. Their defense is not great. And if they get behind and the Ravens outscore people in the first quarter better, better than anyone. And if the Ravens jump off to, to, to a lead... Um, the Titans don't have the offensive firepower, i.e. the quarterback, I think, to keep them in the game. Um, so that's why I think it's going to be a runaway early. Um, and that's but, a, isn't that the key, though? To, the key to every Ravens game this year is is getting the lead early and yeah. holding on to that lead. I mean, it's how the Ravens have won this this 12-game winning streak. They've bar- very rarely been behind. Right, because we're a team that runs. Right, like minutes. They're the best running team in football. And we rely on run, 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 and then try to maybe hit, hit, a, hit a big play every now and then. Um, but we like these longer drives. Right. And so we don't like playing from behind. And honestly, like our offense is so good that it's hard for us to play from behind because we just score a lot, right? And when you score a lot, you're not going to play from behind a lot. It's just kind of the, the nature of the Yeah, of but the piece. All right, do you take anything from Dean Pease has beaten a Greg Roman um, offense before? Um, Dean Pease has beaten Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah, I, yes, I, I yes, yes. And that's the thing, no matter what you're talking about, no matter who you're facing, it's always going to be, can they stop Lamar Jackson? Right. There's been a lot of talk with good reason. I think assistant coaches are really important. Offense coordinators, 
coaches. Like in football, they're really important. One of the reasons I like the Vikings. This is a not talked about story. Like Zon, who's over there that you like? Kubiak. Oh yeah, Former. yes, that's true. And you saw what he did with Joe Flacco. Uh, yes. And so Kubiak, I think Kirk Cousins is somewhat similar um, to Joe Flacco in some ways. And so I think, like, I love that that Kubiak is over there, and that makes me believe in the Vikings more. So I think offensive coordinators and offensive assistant coaches, whatever Kubiak is, I think those are important positions. But at the same time, like, if Roman leaves after this season, I think he's coming back. But if he leaves for a head coaching job, um, we still have Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing that makes our offensive run. This is not some, like, gimmicky, like, I know we run something unique, but this is not some gimmicky where you can kind of plug anyone in there and they can run this gimmicky offense. Right. No, our offense is great because of Lamar Jackson. There was an article on ESPN this week exactly about that and about preparing to face the Ravens and how, like, different teams were bringing, like, signing guys who haven't played football in years because they were, like, a running guy in college or they'd put their wide receiver back there to be play Lamar Jackson and how teams couldn't find someone, like, that could actually play like Lamar Jackson. Like, there's no one in the NFL that can substitute him. And the whole the article ended with the best substitution and the best person to scrimmage as Lamar Jackson is, do you know who? In, 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 the, in all the NFL? In all the NFL, if you had one player that could somewhat close simulate, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he could run that offense for your defense to prepare, who would it be? Oh, maybe Josh Allen? I don't know. He's, nope. he's running throws. Who? who? RG3. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. They said the best, like, practice squad guy, because you're not going to put your, your number one, you're not going to put your main quarterback out there to, to run, but right. they're like, the best guy that you could have for your defensive practice would be RG3, which is probably part of why the Ravens also signed him. Yeah. Long term. So no one else had it to prepare for him. Uh, Ryan says the Titans need to be afraid of the Ravens. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. We're, there was everyone saying that the the Vikings would beat the Saints last week. Not me, but almost everyone said that, and they were eight point favorites. Right, we're nine point favorites. I mean, we're we're we, um, yeah, I don't know but the, the Vikings like, the Vikings won. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe that's a bad <laughs> so argument. that's a bad argument. But I, I think I mean to say, like from the outside perspective, like we are clearly a huge favorite. Right. I mean, the Titans are a playoff team, so I I don't want to like poo poo them, but right. we're gonna stop Lots them, of, right? Yeah. Lots of people saw the Titans winning last week. Yes. Uh, but that's because more the, the that's more against the Patriots and, and Tom Brady and all going down. Offense, yeah. yeah. Yeah, compared to Lamar, uh, Lamar and the Ravens, which his offense is playing as well as they have all year. I think it's also where home field advantage comes to play because, sure, the Titans are going to come in, and they're coming in cocky, and their fans are cocky. They're because hot. They're, yeah, they're playing really well. Tannehill, yeah. since Tannehill joined that team, they started playing really well. He was so, made the starter, yeah, over right. Mariota. Yeah. yeah. So when they're coming in and they're they're hot on fire, and I we've been there as Raven fans. We know that attitude. They're coming into Baltimore thinking they can take down the beast. Yeah. Uh, but the game's in Baltimore, and they got to take down the beast, and I don't think they can. Yeah. I think someone made the comparison. I think this was Derek Arnold. To the, the 2009 Ravens who beat the Patriots, and then later we lost to the Colts. Yes, but but this idea the Patriots had the dynasty right, and, and they were the favorites to win, and we were a, a good defense, heavy run team, and and we pulled pulled the upset. And I, I think like yes, like this is what the Titans are going to try to pull the upset. But the, the Ravens are are two to one favorites to win the Super Bowl. We're by far the favorites. Right. We have the MVP of the league. Um. The so, Titans, good luck, Titans. The Titans are going to try to do basically what the Ravens did in 2001 and came in and upset ten- Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, with coming in with a big defense. And the problem is the Titans, and it's it all it all circles back to Dean Pease, the Titans, they've never faced Lamar Jackson. Right. And that's that's a huge advantage for the Ravens. It doesn't matter. You can watch film, and what does everyone say once they get on the field? All the game planning, all the film, it's different. Like, he's so much faster and well, elusive why, when you actually go up against him. That's why we crush people in the first quarter, right? Because um, yeah. they're, they're shocked by his, his speed. It's that, it's that uh, what is it, Mike Tyson? The, everyone's got a plan until you punch him in the face? That's right. And then that's how we start every game. 
They come in with a game plan. Then suddenly you're behind 7, 10, 14. Your game plan's out the window. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way to make Lamar Jackson mortal and beatable in a, in a game like this is weather, right? Like we saw in Buffalo, well, a freaking tor- tornado in the middle of the field. We saw in San Francisco, like when we played San Francisco, like that was just a cold, rainy mess. And so I think if you have, and I don't know what the weather, are they calling for rain on Sunday? Um, I'm pulling it up right now for Sunday. Oh, 67 degree high. Not 67. This is January. This is, that's not playoff football. All right. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Oh, and rain's supposed to end by uh, 9 a.m. Yeah, because I think the only like all right, I was I heard rain on Sunday, but now it's looking like it's going to be clear for or no, I'm looking up Sunday. It's Saturday's the game. I'm an idiot. Yeah. So caught myself before all, anyone called me out. All things being equal, um, the Ravens are by far a better team, and so I think the only time you ever become a little bit concerned is when there's other elements like fluky things, like a lot of rain or snow or wind. Yeah, Weather like Nerd that. is telling me it's a ten percent chance of rain. Okay. And then throughout the game, it goes up to a 12% chance of rain. Yeah. So but still in the 60s, warm. Uh, yeah, 62 degrees. Wow. Uh, right. Yeah, it's supposed to wa- warm up as the day goes on on Saturday. So that, um, that doesn't sound too bad, especially like if it can start clear and get messier later. That's huge in the favor of the Ravens. Let them jump out in front and then just run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting, uh, I'm expecting it to be, you know, I mean, the Titans are a playoff team. They they beat the Patriots, so I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But um, I certainly, the Ravens are the team to beat in the in the playoffs. And I I don't want to look ahead, but I think there's some really intriguing matchups next round. Um, yeah. but let's focus on on, on the Titans. Yeah, hopefully it's the Texans. Uh, no, I, I hope it's the Chiefs, but that's just me. Uh, right, because you want to take down, you want to take it down. I feel like that's, yeah, yeah, the last kind of box we need to check. Right, yeah, you beat them, and then there's like Lamar's beat everyone he's faced, I think, at that point. Uh, are you concerned that Mark Ingram did not practice today? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a big part of the offense. And so Gus Edwards, we've seen he's proven that right. he can get the job done. Um, but I think he Gus Edwards does better as a secondary running back. Um, that's right. the all season. Gus so, is- yeah. Gus it's, is it's fine, not, but you always want two. You always want both of them. Yeah, this is the playoffs, yeah. right? And you've, you've had kind of a couple weeks off, um, so you want all your guys healthy, and so this is a little bit concerning. Um, but, of course, if you're the Ravens, you, you, got, you have to win um, this weekend. But at the back of your mind, you're also thinking, like, if you win, the next round's going to be even tougher. So right. I don't know if that weighs into your decision on whether or not to play Mark Ingram. I mean, you don't rest guys in the playoffs but at the same time this is the easier game right today is wednesday so even if he doesn't practice thursday friday that still doesn't mean he's not going to play in the game right and they might it might be the type of thing where you go soft on him at the beginning of the game and then to see based on need if 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 it's a tight game you try to get him in more and he's feeling all, all right if it's turning into a blowout, you let uh, Gus Edwards run the ball and you save Mark for the Chiefs or the Texans, whoever's next. Sure. But yeah, this, you don't want this to yeah, be... Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, you don't want this to be like you lost because Mark Ingram isn't fully healthy and you're trying to save him for the next week. This is all hands on deck. You got to win. Yeah, and I know I'm I'm underestimating the, the Titans because I'm a fan and that's what we do. We get cocky. But no one in, in, in that coaching staff and none of the Lamar Jackson, I don't think is no, – no one's overlooking the Titans. I mean, this is playoffs. You don't overlook opponents. Right. Uh, so, so we so – we, I, I can say they're going to crush them, um, but no one in that locker room is thinking no. um, as cocky as, as I am. No, the castle's not saying anything um, totally because you got yeah. to. They're the hot team coming in, and uh, and yeah. they just knocked off the Patriots. Yeah, right. But I kind of feel like it's so fitting for how the Ravens' season has gone, where it's about like every week the Ravens had to prove themselves, and it was well. Let's see if they can beat the Patriots. Let's see if they can beat the uh, Seahawks. Let's see if they can beat whoever else. San Francisco. Let's see if they can beat Buffalo. It was always prove it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, and this is like um, prove it for Lamar Jackson because the, his last playoff appearance against the Chargers did not go well, right? So this is right. If 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 he has a poor game, then all of a sudden the talk becomes you know his performance in playoff games. Um, now I would argue that game feels like just based on the trajectory of Lamar Jackson's career in such a short time, the playoff game last year feels like it was ten years ago because he just he's a completely different quarterback. Um, than he was in last year's playoffs. Totally, but but like you're right. This is like this is the NFL. This is you need to reprove yourself every time you go out there, and so that's, uh, yeah, that's 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 just the, the nature of the beast. But but the Titans, like, don't be scared. Like I'm not I'm not staying up all night scared, nervous about it. I'm not uh, biting my fingers. I I mean I I mean during the game we'll see how it goes. But I mean we're the favorites. We're nine point favorites, which is a huge margin in the playoffs. Um, I'm I'm confident that we'll take care of business against the Titans. Yep, me too. But how confident are you about the Orioles? Where's that um, confidence on uh, Jose Iglesias? I think Jose that's how you Iglesias. say it, right? Yeah, Jose Iglesias. I was surprised that the Orioles signed a name I recognized this offseason. Now, that's yes. a surprise for me. Yeah, it's a one year deal. With a club option for a second year. Okay. All right. Yeah, so it's a good deal. You don't see those very much. You see the club option. It's not a player option, a club option. I so like they that. bring it back for another, um, I think it's $4 million, then $2 million or something, or three and a half. Then, but it's a total of $6 million over, over two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a 30 year old player, but is, is the one year, do you think the one year, Club option is a let's see if Richie Mar- how Richie Martin does with some triple A time. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, not why not just a straight two year deal? Like, why the one year with the club option? And it might be because there's no one, and people say Richie Martin, and people say Richie Martin because there's no one else. Like, in double, like, I mean, Cole right. McCoy, maybe, um, uh, but you know, he's there's just no one close to the majors besides Richie Martin. Um, and if you look at I mean, it's really interesting if you look at um, the career of Jose Iglesias. Like, he is one of the most consistent players, like, you'll ever see. Like, this is his war since he came up in the majors and was an everyday player in 2015. His war in 2015, 1.5. And then the next year, 1.7. And then the next year, 1.4. And then the next year, 2.2. And the next year, 1.5. So just, like, I guarantee... This coming season, he will have a war over one and under two. Like, that's who he is. He's the same guy every year. Um, defensively, I mean, this is the deal, right? Defensively, he's one of the best in baseball. Um, yeah. uh, baseball savant, all the nerd stats, they, they have this, um, this uh, stats called outs above average. Um, and the Orioles were second to last last year in outs above average, which is like this infielder defensive metric. Um, and Jonathan VR was at negative 12. Um, okay. And, and where's Iglesias? Jose Iglesias is the opposite. He's at plus 12, the fourth right. best shortstop last year in all of baseball. So, and, and yeah. And last year's a year short. where he's the fourth best in baseball, but a lot of people are looking past him last year. Like he's not a guy. Like he was with the Tigers for six years, and then it was kind of like, well, we don't want to pay for you. Yeah, and then he got even the arbitration, with, and then who? Where did he go? The Reds. Last the Reds, and even with the Reds, it was a minor league deal that they um, that someone got hurt for the Reds. I forget who got hurt, but it was a minor league deal, and someone got hurt, and then and then they called him up. Right. All yeah. right. So, so I mean, um, I, I think it's, I just think it's great. I think it's exciting. He's he's great defensively, which would be great for our young pitching staff because that's what it's all about, right? Our young pitching staff. He's part of the he's part of the rebuild. And I'm sorry, he's he, he was ranked sixth out of shortstops uh, at with okay. a twelve. But like his defensive metrics every year are one of the best in baseball. Like, that's great. Yeah, his he, offense is not good, but his defense is great. His offense, though, he's high twos every year. Yeah. He's like 270, 280, something like that each year. 
Yeah, last year he had, I think, 288. Um, people would say he got lucky because um, he's career about a 260 guy. Does Something he... interesting about him, um, you know, the three true outcomes, walk, strikeout, home run. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. That, yeah, that's the three hit, true outcomes. Hit by pitch. Um, and, and like, like uh, for example, context, Pete Alonzo for the Mets last year was first. 51.5% of Pete Alonzo's at-bats ended with a walk, strikeout, or home run. Okay. Over half. All right. um, the opposite end of the spectrum, the person who had the least amount of three true outcomes um, was Oriole's own. Do you know who it is? The guy who was least likely to his at-bat to end with a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. Um. Walk out, strike, or home run. Yeah. Okay, so was, with with hitting into outs. Or like hitting a lot of singles and doubles, but not home runs. Okay, you're right, you're right. Uh, who was the... And not striking out and not walking. <laughs> um, it, when I say it, it'll be obvious. Uh, Villar. Hanser Alberto. All right, Hanser. Okay, with a high batting average. Yeah, because Hanser Alberto, I love Hanser Alberto because sometimes when you're watching baseball, like you can just walk away for the first like two or three pitches at the bat, come back when the when they uh, when when it's two and one when the count right. is two and one, and then watch the at bat from there. But not Hans Alberto. You got to watch from the first pitch because because that dude's swinging. Um, yeah. So Hans Alberto was in baseball. He had the fewest three true outcomes. Only fourteen percent of the time did it end in a walk, strike, or a home run. In that list, number four on that list is Jose Iglesias. All right. So, and- that's cool, Jose, good for you because you loved uh, Hanser Alberto. So to have both of them back to back in the lineup, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from a productive, from like a production standpoint, I mean, it's not good that Jose Iglesias does not walk or hit home runs, right? Um, but from like an entertainment standpoint, um, it means more balls in play, which is entertaining. And so uh, Jose Iglesias, Jose Iglesias batting together with Hanser Alberto should mean um, not a lot of not a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of walks, a lot of swinging early in counts, a lot of putting the ball in play, not a lot of power, um, but let's try to make something happen. All right. I should have been paying attention to the comments because Ryan jumped in there with Hanser. He knew who you were talking about immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if yeah. you think about it, obviously, it makes sense. Always, he was always – he didn't hit for a ton of power. He never, never walked um, and, and swung at the first pitch, so he couldn't – he didn't. He couldn't strike out because he would never get two strikes on him. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so cool. Can, it's yeah, neat it's a, now that we're starting to have like, all right, now we have one guy in our lineup. Like we can start to kind of picture what this team's going to be like. And I, I mean, the other thing Michael Elias said this week is that he expects minor league pitchers to graduate to the majors. But you don't think any real good pitchers are going to graduate to the majors, or do you think this is more like? Uh, rough school districts where I don't want to fail you, so I just got to push you further ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not. Who, who's coming to the major league roster uh, rotation or bullpen this year that's going to make an impact? Okay. Well, we're not including. I mean, last year you had a couple guys do it, right? Hunter Harvey came last year and yeah. made a big splash. So he doesn't count? Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's two guys that will definitely do it. And, and maybe this doesn't top your radar. Maybe this doesn't get you excited. But the two guys are Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer. Okay. Those are the two guys he's talking about. Um, two guys who pitched in the uh, – Dean Kramer jumped to AAA at the end of last year. And Keegan Aiken pitched all of last year in AAA. Um, and so these are two prospects. They're not our best pitching prospects. They're not even in our top five pitching prospects. But they are two young pitchers who are actual like – young pitchers with potential, um, not just, these aren't just shuttle guys, right? If Keegan Aiken is caught up, he's not going to pitch one game and get sent down the, the, the next weekend. Okay. If Keegan Aiken makes the open day roster, he's going to be in the, in the rotation every fifth day for a while until something happens. Okay. Well, that's something and, to be excited about. Yeah, and Dean Kramer is the other guy. Um, and I think that's it. Now, there's other guys that, could do it like guys like Zach Lothar, Michael Bowman, but I mean Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer are on the forty-man roster, so 
Um, those are two guys. I don't. I don't think either of them will start in the on the major league squad, but I think they'll they're on the forty man and they'll work their way up soon. And I think that's directly related though to the signing of Jose Iglesias, right? If you want to bring up these young pitchers, you don't want to have the worst infield defense like you did last year in all of right. baseball. Like you want them to be successful, um, and so you want to put a good defense behind them. And I think our defense will be a lot better this year with Hans Alberto at second, who is good defensively. Um, Jonathan Villar not playing shortstop. Richie Martin, who is okay but not great at shortstop, replaced him with Jose Iglesias, who's great. That's a good up the middle middle infield with Hans Alberto and Jose Iglesias. Um, uh, Rio is is fine at third base. And then center field, just looking up the middle, um, center field, hopefully Austin Hayes will stay healthy and be our everyday center fielder, which is certainly an upgrade over whoever we had there last year, guys like Stevie Wilkerson. Certainly a big upgrade over that. All right, so you're telling me this team's going to surprise some people this year. I think defensively (laughs) we'll be better. I know, we were really bad last year. It's hard to not be anything but better. Yeah, I mean, you you take Jose Iglesias, and he's a lot better of a shortstop defensively. But he's also, if you're just like thinking about him replacing VR, he's also a lot worse offensively than Jonathan VR. So yes, it's a it's a win lose here. Well, it's a yeah. I mean, it's a guy for less than half the price of Jonathan Villar. Oh yeah, also. yeah. Twelve is twelve million to to three million. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's uh, I mean, that's the key is like everything save money but they also need to need someone to go out on the field yeah i'm actually a little surprised that they even spent just the way michael Elias runs things that they even spent three million dollars for him right when they could have just thrown richie martin out there yeah yeah and i'm curious what this means for richie martin because on the one hand and like jose iglesias i've already heard heard him talk about this like being a mentor to other players like he's the veteran on this team and so it might be good to have jose iglesias and Richie Martin on the Major League squad, so Jose Iglesias can mentor Richie Martin. On the other hand, it might be good to have Richie Martin play every day at AAA to find out if he's kind of ready to make that jump next year. So I'm curious to see what they do with Richie Martin. I could make an argument that he should be in the majors, seeing Major League at-bats and getting mentored by Jose Iglesias, or you can make the argument that he should be playing every day in the minors. Yeah, I mean, and my argument, would I would go with the minor league side of that. Of He saw major league pitching all last year. He didn't improve, so let's get him in the minors where our coaches can focus more on him and help him and light a little fire under him to get back to the majors and actually deserve a shot in the majors instead of a rule five, we're stuck with you. Yeah, and this seems to be Michael Elias' thing, Josh, and that's why I kind of grimaced about you just saying, pushing guys who aren't even ready up to the majors. Like, Michael Elias will not bring up a pitching prospect unless they've proven that they can pitch in AAA. Like, Dean Kramer is on the 40-man roster, but he's not making the open-day roster, no matter how well he pitches in spring training, because he only pitched for, like, two weeks at AAA. Like, Dean Kramer has to prove it at AAA. This is whole, Michael Eyes' whole thing. Ryan Mountcastle, I, many people think Ryan Mountcastle will, will play for the Orioles this year, and he might. But I'll tell you what, Ryan Mountcastle is not going to start with a major team because he's got to prove it in AAA that he can do everything defensively and offensively before they make the call-up. Michael Elias is like, you got to prove it to me before you get the call-up. And I, I like that. And that's why him making a comment about pitchers graduating to the majors kind of concerned me. Because well, that's the word, right? Graduate. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I asked you if it was like a graduate because they're good or graduate because we got to push them. We can't, don't have room for them in the minors anymore. Or... Um, because no, I, no, I don't think this we've is, seen uh, plenty of people graduate high school with that aren't smart enough to go to the next level that they sure. can't get into college, but they graduated high school. Sure. Um, sure. So that would be my concern. And I understand that makes a lot of sense to sign this guy for defense because we've seen pitchers come up to the majors and flame out. And you kind of wonder if it's because they get so irritated with a bad defense behind them. You wonder if stuff like that is why guys like Jake Arrieta failed, why Zach Britton maybe struggled as a starter. If he does, if you come up there young and don't have a defense behind you, then all of a sudden you think that you have to strike every single person out because you can't trust that a ground ball isn't out. Yeah, yeah, certainly, right? I think um, undoubtedly a good defense helps young pitchers and their confidence and all that. Now, they can't. 
no matter how good your defense is, if it goes over the fence, you can't do anything about it. Right. But I think, yeah, I think it's good to have, I mean, certainly good to have a good defense behind a young pitcher. And so I think that's what it's all about, right? Because Jose Iglesias is 30. He's not part of like the traditional rebuild, right? He's yep. part of the rebuild in that he can mentor the other infielders who are younger and he can provide a good defensive, um, uh, good defensive backup for, for, for these, for these young pitchers. And like he can, he can just kind of be a placeholder until Richie Martin or Gunnar Henderson or one of these other kind of faraway guys is closer to becoming ma- majorly ready. And by the way, Jose Iglesias was, according to Fangraph's list of top 50 free agents, he was number 45. So if you told me that the Orioles were going to sign a top 50 free agent this offseason, I would have said you were crazy. But he was a number 45 in their free agency list. So the Orioles went out there and signed a top 50 free agent. All right. So do the Orioles sign anyone else this offseason? No. We're done. We're done. We're done. I think we're done. Right. Um, some people say we could sign another veteran pitcher or another veteran catcher, like maybe a reunion with Caleb Joseph or something. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. I don't. Um, I guess if someone better came available as as pitching goes, but we're already carrying two Rule Five pitchers. Um, we already got a. Yeah, I just don't see room on the roster for another starter that would be an upgrade that we would go after. Well, and a veteran catcher, someone like Caleb Joseph, the idea of that would be, again, to help your pitchers. A guy that you're not expecting any offense from, but again, someone to help your pitchers. Yeah, yeah, and I guess if you don't, and that's like another question mark, right, is Chance Cisco? I don't right. know what his deal is. Um, I don't know what the Orioles feel about him, if they feel he's still a catching prospect feel... or if they're going to put a new position for him. Like, I, don't, right. I think may, like maybe... If you're if you're gonna roll like Severino is on the team, and so it's you can choose to have Cisco back him up, or if you don't believe in Cisco, maybe you go out there and get someone else. I guess. I feel like hasn't that always been the question about Cisco? Like since he came up, even when he was in the minors, is always like, can he really make this step, and can he handle this? Yeah, and that's my, that's been my argument for years, right? If he's not gonna get good defensively, you know, in four years of playing in the minors. Why all of a sudden this year is he going to wake up and be good defensively, right? Like if he hasn't made the progressions at this point, why do you think he still will? Just move him to second base or move him to first base. Just do or trade him away um, if you don't believe him defensively. I, it annoys me every year that they try to fix him defensively. And dude, if you haven't fixed him yet, maybe he's not fixable. Right. Uh, do you like that the Orioles signed Freddie Gonzalez? I- what is he, a bench coach or something? I don't know if he's got an actual position. Yeah, I don't know what his title is. Um, uh, mentor? I mean, essentially, he's, he's like a mentor. I don't Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I was, I mean, he has major experience, right? Like, he's, he's yeah, managed he coached the Marlins and the Mar- Braves. Marlins and Braves forever. He's got a winning record as a manager. Yeah. Which, when you say he pitched for, he coached the Braves and the Marlins, it's not really someone you would expect to have a winning record. Yeah, it's, true. it's true. So I worked in like with the Marlins with small market teams. Yeah. Um, what 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 do you make of it, Josh? Is this is I, this um, Elias covering, um, co- uh, showing he doesn't have confidence in Hyde or trying to, uh, like, what do you make of this? Because Hyde, it's weird that a, an assistant coach, right, or whatever you call him, a mentor coach, would have a lot more professional experience than the head coach. It's a little bit weird, or the manager. Yeah, a it's, a, it's a weird move because you would think it's a young guy, but uh, it's almost like a guy like we're bringing in, uh, we want veterans to talk to these young players. It's almost like bringing in a veteran to sit on the bench, be there next to Brandon Hyde to mentor Brandon Hyde through the process as well. Yeah. It is very similar to that. I don't know. I've always liked Freddie Gonzalez whenever I would see him like on uh, post-games interviews or comments. Like he's one of the coaches that I think has always been a, a like a neat guy. Yeah. But um, I don't I don't know. It's kind of, it's a strange move because he's already put in a bunch of coaching years. Uh, he went back to the Marlins and then he kind of like left the Marlins, so it looked like he was going to retire. And then the Orioles sign him, so it's like, is he a guy who's going to be around for the rebuild? Or, yeah, I mean, I think he's like 55 years old, so he's not he's not old in manager terms. 
And he did come out. Like I heard him say, like he wants to manage again. So it's not like he's content with just going around helping out gotcha. real managers. Now I now it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We rebuild when the good players come. We let Brandon Hyde go. And, oh, Freddie's here. Yeah. Freddie's the manager that, of the future. I, but, that's putting some pressure on Brandon Hyde. But, but that, and, that, and that was my first thought. Like, because I'm sure, um, like, manager Hyde approved of this move. Like, this is not Elias going behind his back and forcing him to have this guy. I'm certain that manager Hyde was on board with this decision. Yes. Because you just want to bring that trouble to, to, to the dugout. So I'm sure he was on board with it. Which to me says a whole lot about manager Hyde. It says that Brandon Hyde is willing to, is confident, right? Is confident enough in his position that he can hire this guy with more experience and still feel comfortable about being the leader in that team, about still being the manager of that team. So I think it's actually kind of an impressive move just psychologically from manager Hyde. Right. Showing that he has the confidence to to lead this team and have someone next to him who has even more experience, but I don't know. I I, I just and, and you mentioned something just last week, and you just alluded to it there again that this manager hide or something is like a sitting duck and will be replaced yes. once the orders are good. I hundred percent agree with that. No, I think you're completely wrong. The more I watch Brandon Hyde and how he goes about his business and his relationship with Mike Elias. And and just this, you know, watching him coach all year, I I just become more and more impressed with Brandon Hyde, and I, I'm starting to think he's going to be here for the long term. I I'm been surprised at how much they push Hyde out there at like that Winterfest thing, how they're letting him speak, and all because I see him as a total placeholder and not a guy. But um, no, 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 I, I think not. when. I think when Michael Elias went searching for a head coach, he was ser- he was searching for the next AJ Hinch. He was searching for a young guy who was willing to—I don't want to say be a puppet of the general manager, but like be willing to listen to what the what Michael Elias and Sigma Dell had to say about right. um, lineups and field configurations and when to make wh- what moves and listen to kind of all the all, all the nerd stuff, right? And so I think they found that guy in Brandon Hyde. Um, and so Brandon Hyde's able to kind of take what Elias is saying and communicate it to the players and have the players buy in. Like, that's Manager Hyde's job. And I think he did that really well this year on a losing team. And I see no reason that that will change. Um, so I'm, I, I'm changing my opinion. I mean, the jury's still out, right? Like, he still yeah. has a couple years to see what he can do. Um, but I, I think Elias is happy with him. And I don't know. I, I, I think... I think he's done well. So I'm when he was first hired, I thought for sure he's just here for the losing because he's never managed before. And then we'll bring in an actual manager. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I think that's not like uh, Michael Elias isn't going to bring in Buck Showalter when we're good. It's okay. not even like Michael Elias to bring in Freddie Gonzalez. Right. When we're, we're good. Like he's no, he's like ground up um, doing things a new way not old school at all, all new school. I think Brendan Hyde represents that new school type managing. Okay. And so it makes sense. I don't know. Manager so Hyde. Here's, all right. So what I could see with uh, manager Hyde is, is if he is a, a Muppet of Elias and at the same time, a player's coach like that. Yeah. We talk about this a lot with John Harbaugh and how the players love John Harbaugh and want to fight for John Harbaugh. If Brandon Hyde builds that relationship with these young guys, I can see keeping him around because he's got the relationship with these young guys, and you don't want to upset the the locker room and the the clubhouse in that role. Uh, if he has, if he calls out players, uh, gets in the dugout and gets Davis in fights like he did with Chris Davis last year, then he will not be around. Yeah, but but see, I think th- things like the interaction with Chris Davis, the fact that like that did not tear the locker room apart, right? I think is is saying something. Because no, there was nothing to tear apart. The team, but, the team sucked. You tear yeah. apart winning teams. A losing team can't tear apart. You won't be able to notice. You don't think so? No. You don't think a losing team it can become more dysfunctional? Uh I mean dysfunction, yes. I guess you the fact think, that it didn't you, spill out to fried chicken it, and beer and 
a scene like that can like divide a locker room where people choose sides with Davis and Hyde and it becomes this whole thing. You don't I, think that happens? I don't think there's enough veterans to choose a side against the manager. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, su- I suppose that's true, but, but, I, I, but I don't know. I, I could see that. I could see it turning uglier than than did, and and it didn't. But you're right. Like, the good thing about Hyde is, and I'm I'm sad that Bert isn't here to laugh every time we say manager Hyde. But the good thing about Brandon Hyde is he can make bad decisions as far as bullpen usage, as far as whatever, and it doesn't matter, right? Because this is yeah. for him. He's learning just like kind of the players are learning. He's got a learning curve, and so hundred percent. He can he can be there with Freddie Gonzalez, and he can talk about decisions, and he can make all the mistakes he wants to this year, and last year he can too, as long as you know he gets it out of his system <laughs> um, for twenty twenty three. Hey, I don't want him to mess. With, I don't want the the reason we don't win my World Series in twenty twenty three to be manager Hyde. He's got to work out all the kinks now, so we can go win the World Series, and he doesn't get in the way. Right. Totally agree. Um, I, I guess, yeah, so I guess it's fine to have another veteran. He's got to fill a lot of the coaching roles. He's coached outfield. He's coached infield. He's coached catchers. So all that'll help with young guys. The more coaches we can get with experience with, with young teams is going to help. Yeah. And I think he's, cause we have, we clearly have sabermetrics people in, in like the pitching, whatever it's called now pitching coordinator um, position in control of all pitchers throughout the system. Like we have those types of coaches, but I really think like Freddie Gonzalez is not, I think, I really think he is like a coach for Hyde, like a coach for Hyde, like to, 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 to guide. Yeah. Mentor for Hyde in, in making, um, in making in-game decisions um, and handling issues like Chris Davis in the locker room, just a guy who's been there who has, what I don't know what is like ten years experience that Freddie Gonzalez has as being a major league manager, um, that you know manager Hyde has someone to talk to you about that and can run, run run ideas through. Like so, I think like Freddie Gonzalez is there more for Hyde than he is even for the players. Um, but it will be an interesting kind of relationship and dynamic to watch this year. It, it's someone for that can actually manage when Brandon Hyde gets tossed out of a game. Um. But no, that's good and all good. Did you uh, read up on the Red Sox also cheating with sign stealing in 2018, the year that they won the World Series? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and I hope um, there's penalties. That's all I root for: penalties for both teams. Care. Yeah, yeah, especially for the Red Sox, though, because they're in our division. I don't care about like um, vacating the, the the World Series title or something, even no, though it's weird. You can't do that. Uh, well, I, like I, you can, right? If you cheat, you can vacate the title. Right. But I don't, I don't care because that doesn't hurt the Red Sox. Right. This year, right. It doesn't. Like that's in the past. It's done. They already uh, made all their money off that trophy. Yeah, people will still view them as the World Series champs anyway. Right. Um. So I want to hurt them. I now. think you know what I think the punishment should be. You should be required to hang another banner in your stadium that says "Cheaters." Just to remind yeah. everyone, a black flag in your stadium right next to your World Series champion or whatever uh, what division champion, whatever banners you've got up, you've got to have another one up that says cheater. And it's got to stay up there forever. Or maybe you could do like the uh, similar idea, that's like the scarlet letter. You could do just, they have to wear a C on their jersey exactly. the entire year. C for cheater. Right, the a black C. Year. Yeah, just, yeah, just shame them. I'm all about shame as a punishment. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about, like, hurting their chances to win in the future since we play the same right, division. Right, draft picks, yep. M- making them play with eight players. <laughs> right, no <laughs> no center fielder since you were stealing signs. Yeah, or, like, you have to tell the other opponent what your pitch is every time now. Right, right, your, pitch, your pitch goes up on the Jumbotron every, every yeah. time before your pitch. I yeah. like the idea of something horrible that's so it's got no matter what it is it's got to be a punishment that stops people from doing this you right if it's if it's if it's uh half a million dollars and that's it like a a financial fine who cares i'll pay for i'll pay that fine to win a world series yeah uh it's got and it's i mean as we bring more and more technology into baseball 
you're going to have issues like this. So you got to set the precedence now of players can't go watch the replay cams. You can't watch because we're seeing iPads, and it's kind of weird because we're seeing iPads in the dugouts where they're watching their last at-bats. So why isn't everyone looking at the signs when they're watching those replays? And, and, and this is, like, it's weird on a lot of levels, right? It's weird because there's more technology, and so <laughs> there's more opportunities for cheating. And there's also, like, in baseball, there's this norm that's okay and normal and appropriate and competitive to try to steal their signs. Right. So it's like, it's a weird place. It's kind of this, this gray area where we encourage technology and there's more of it. And we also, historically in baseball, you're encouraged to steal signs, right? That means they're just not changing the signs up enough. enough. And so it's just kind of this weird ground. And so I think baseball needs to decide like what the expectations are, like, like what is appropriate and what's inappropriate and set clear rules about that. Right. Now, like, I go on both sides of that because for more technology, I want microphones and uh, and little headsets on the pitchers and catchers so they can just talk. I think yeah. that's a good thing. I want something like that. But at the other hand, in the dugouts and all, I want to get rid of these iPads and video replay and stuff. Like, you can't sit there and study your last at bat to prepare for the next one. Like, I want it old school, like, you got to remember those pitches. And you yeah. can talk to the guys about what they saw, but I don't want you to go there and uh, watch. I don't want a pitcher to be able to sit on the dugout and watch the next three opponents that he's going to have to face in the next inning. Yeah, I mean, it's tendencies. Gonna, I don't like that. It's going to turn into each dugout. There's going to be a series of little individual booths, right? And they're just going to go into the little yeah. individual booth, like a library, the iPad again. Yeah, like a library booth, and they'll be there with the iPad studying. And then when it's their time to go out, they'll step out of the library booth. Uh, and they'll have to be like signs that like no talking around the booth or something, yeah. and the, all these really or, librarian in there, whatever. Or head, big headphones, yeah, at each booth. Because yeah, I remember. I feel like this is the first year where I would openly see like the iPads on the back of the dugout. Yeah, and I I don't like that. Yeah, I I I don't I don't like it either. There's there's something I don't know. There's something lost about the game right i want everybody with the knee leaning out watching the game talking about the game eating sunflower seeds right like and i would yeah and i think yeah i think to do that you have to get rid of the manager's challenges and which means you got to fix replay where replay needs to be uh fourth uh umpire or how an extra umpire that's up in a booth always watching video and he's the person that can over overturn things no challenges any play whatsoever if there's ever a call wrong the guy watching the tv up in the booth can overturn the ump on the field and get rid of manager challenges then there's once you get rid of manager challenges there is no need for any televisions on showing any type of replay any recording there's the need for the live TV. I can understand that when you got to run to the bathroom. But uh, there's no reason for replay and all this other stuff. And you can get rid of all that out of the clubhouse. Yeah. During game. So you got to be careful with those bathrooms because some players take bathroom breaks and then I think go on Instagram and, and update their posts. So I wouldn't mind people, dumb and young, looking at you. But I wouldn't mind people, um, can we give them phones to tweet during the game? I wouldn't mind players to tweet more during the game. I, I love mic'd up baseball players. Yeah. I like I mic'd up the across the board. But I now watch the All-Star game simply because of I Mike Trout wearing a microphone. Yeah. Or yeah. Michael Brantley. Uh, I I love that. And I like I like Fox Fox uh what is it, Saturdays where they'll where they will talk like during innings to a pitcher on the bench or something. I love that. Yeah. So, yes, I'm all for more of that, more technology to help the fan, less technology technology for the player. Yeah, I agree. They they, they get enough. They can look at film before or after games, in-game nonsense. All right, anything else? I think we covered the uh, big stories this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's get out of here. 
Josh, appreciate you working out the uh, online streaming. That was cool. Yeah, assuming that it worked and assuming people like it, I don't see why we uh, won't do it some more. Yeah. I said it was cool. It didn't really have any impact on my experience in the show whatsoever. I was going to say, I, I don't even know. That's the only difference. Yeah. yeah. I got to fix the soundboard uh, because it, it fades. It runs out your voice when we're doing it for some reason. So, uh figure it out we'll figure that out so i'll just cut out without the music for now but uh yeah, yeah. Wanna... all right but well, hopefully next week we'll probably go back to monday but we'll see right uh i mean yeah we're gonna want to talk ravens yeah but if we ever change the show of course you can know about it because we'll post it on our facebook page you can like us on facebook and follow the page section 336 or we always tweet about when we'll be recording at section 336 show so you should follow us on Twitter and on Facebook for the latest. And make sure you are subscribing to the show in all your favorite podcast apps as well and continue to spread the word because the real Oriole fans are hopping on board now, not in three years. That's right. Or we're going to do like Raven fans are doing this year and we're going to judge yeah. you and saying, when Richie Martin was an everyday shortstop, do you remember that? Were you a fan right. then? Right. If you, weren't, if you weren't there for Richie Martin, you can't be there <laughs> for, for whatever. If you weren't there for Ch- Chance Cisco trying to catch for the fifth straight right. year. Right. If you, right. If you, you weren't can't there be for there Chris Davis. Rush. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and I still got to – I haven't had time. I've been focused on this. But I will get our Orioles 2023 World Championship shirts up. Nice. I got I to gotta find a nice graphic artist. If someone wants to help with that, reach out. But I want to wear one of those and confuse people in Florida who can't nice. count I was, anyway. I was thinking about uh, booking the top floor of the Hilton. I got to figure out what date exactly the World the Series, World would Series 2023 be. would be. Yeah. So I can, I can get a couple of rooms in the Hilton right now again before they sell out. Well, won't you want to be in the stadium? Yeah, I know. But like that's so, you know, between games because, you know, you go into – those those four home World Series games, what okay. are you gonna do when you when you know? Right, you're not at the game. Assume, you just go walk yeah. over to the Hilton. Assuming Camden Yards is still there, and the Orioles are still in Baltimore in 2023. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, isn't it 2021 where the uh, contract ends and everyone contract all the down. all the naysayers say we're uh, leaving Baltimore? By all the naysayers, you mean nasty Nestor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nestor Aparicio. Yeah, uh, yeah, and right. uh, other people. Michael Lester also wrote an article about Nashville. Okay. All right, uh, Clayton wants a 2023 shirt. I'm going to figure it out. I just need graphics artists. All right. We'll get it What's up there. Clayton? Yeah. For now, I think you can go on to section336.com or birdlandsports.com and pick up a uh, caution wet floor shirt to describe this season as we travel and, through. And all the way, yeah, until uh, 2021. Yep. That's when the caution wet floor goes. All right, wrap it up. Okay, you can follow us on uh, all those things. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Section336. Follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens. Beat the Titans. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It They take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off and 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. 
Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. 